If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Like it's really messing up with my spring break. This virus ain't that serious. It's serious. It's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty. We need to address that. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. We hear every night of people who are not in work moving that time into bars and other areas of large gatherings. If we continue with that process, we will fail in containing this virus. I have friends that work at hospitals and they're kind of telling me and I'm like, oof, like it's just getting bad. Probably was like, probably should have stayed home. They were feeling totally invincible and are feeling that way, but they don't realize that they can be carrying lots of bad things home to their grandmother and grandfather and even their parents. Can we just get some Fs in the chat? Because uh, my entire country has gone on lockdown as of today, as of like 15 minutes ago. It's especially oh funny that your country's on lockdown now because Britain's been handling this like uh, like bizarro America. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is saying something because we've been handling it piss poor. Oh, yeah. You're all, you're all dead. Stop putting. No, don't actually put Fs in the chat. You asked for Fs. <laughs> We're just doing what metaphorical you have. Fs, okay? <laughs> well, now they're literal as well. You're welcome. Fine. Okay. But, yeah, like, uh, so obviously it's hard to do news on the coronavirus because everything's moving so fucking fast. But we can do old news because that's yeah. nice and stable. Um, Britain's original plan, um, as of about two weeks ago now, and Gareth will know this. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Heather's online, so you probably know this too, but uh, maybe not everyone does. Um, their original plan was, and this is a quote, we're going to let it roll on through. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this <laughs> caused, I would describe it as a near infinite amount of alarm, um, mostly from <laughs> health officials, but additionally from every British citizen. Uh, it was so, uh, <laughs> so it was worth it just for the discourse. For one week, uh, that was what Boris Johnson and the Tories were presenting, that they were just going to let Corona happen. And then, you know, what would it what would be would be. And uh, health officials gave a quote that um, this is literally about eight days ago now, eight or nine days ago. They gave a quote that finally sunk in with the Tories that, quote, hundreds of thousands would be dead. (laughs) (laughs) this this finally made them again this is a quote reconsider their uh i think it was like reconsider their avenue or reconsider their uh their options options it was uh, (laughs) the the, the science had changed so um they had to do something different there was Um, then a, a second press conference from scientists saying no it hasn't changed we've been giving them these numbers every day we just they, we don't know why it clicked now and then we found out why it clicked then um because in the past week during during the week france um made an open statement saying that if britain followed through with the course that they were intending for handling uh coronavirus that they would uh close the channel and also close their border to all UK immigrants for the foreseeable future until coronavirus had basically entirely passed by, which at this point is an open question. It could be two months on super optimistic uh, time scales, could be 18 months on relatively um, moderate ones, and on conservative ones, it could be qu- quite a bit longer. Hmm. This could be just, <clears throat> just our lives now. 
this yeah. could just be the new normal. Yep. Uh, so Britain finally looked at that, and there's the implication that since France is the um, direct conduit for most of Britain to Europe, that France had been tapped to be a, a, a mouthpiece for Europe and not just for itself. So there was the implication that it wasn't just France, that it would be like, if France does this, Germany will do it, Spain will do it, Portugal will do it, Belgium will, like, on and on until eventually Britain gets, like, reverse daisied. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instead of having, like, a, a bastion in, like, a world of disease and zombies, it would be like, they're just British. <laughs> and dead. <laughs> Very dead. <laughs> so it's basically the plot of uh, 28 Days Later. But, and given um, the t- my yeah. god. Given the timing of the press conference saying like, oh, we finally looked at the numbers and realized that people would die. Um, And the fact that scientists have been saying that for quite a long time. And then very shortly after France says something openly, um, open speculation is that there had been some backroom discussion of like, hey, um, uh, are you sure you want to do this? Because like we have a backup plan if you do, but we're not sure that you will like the backup plan. (laughs) And the Tories are uh, nasty fucks, but one thing yeah. a nasty fuck is always driven by is making lots of money. And if you fuck right. with their money, you can get them to do goddamn near anything. Yep. Well, what's, when's someone going to start <clears throat> fucking with, uh, with, our, with Trump's money over here then? Because for God's sake, he's just like blasting just like completely fake information and lies like constantly. Oh. Fun factoid, as of right now, the um so the the chemical that he'd been saying that can kill yeah, coronavirus. The lupus treatment? Yeah, the loop that um, lupus drug. Oh, I wasn't talking about the lupus one. I was talking about the one that's present in pool um pool and fish tank cleaners. Um what? Yeah, what? it's uh let me uh let me find like the story. I was or something? It's like the girl chlorine. Um, it, hydrochlorine? Um, I, uh, I think it's like yeah, chlorinique, chlorinet. Okay, so um, chlorinetta, chlorinetta, uh, chloroquine phosphate. There we go. <coughs> right. So, uh, as of today, a sixty-year-old man is dead, and his sixty-year-old wife is in critical condition in the hospital because they bought and drank full bottles of fish tank cleaner because Trump had said that the chemical in it, chloroquine phosphate. Uh, can kill coronavirus. Wow. <laughs> I, I shouldn't so, be laughing, but... It's, wow. Well, it, we it's, lose uh, some brain surgeons there. <laughs> we, we live in, like, we live in, like, a, a B or C tier Warren Ellis novel right now. Like, it, like not yeah. even Transmet or something, but, like, one of the ones that he, like, did for a small press and you know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I, you know, they're, they're not all going to be bangers. If you're in the creative field, you know, you're, you're going to have some weaker work and that's just the nature of being a working creative person. Um, it's like that. Like we live in one yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. It's, this is going to, this period is going to be impossible to satirize because no one will be stupid enough. Everyone is more talented than um, the actual people who are creating whatever weird reality we're living in yeah i think it's so stupid i mean what monty python wouldn't even be able to do anything with this like it would just right? be like okay <clears throat> let's just um yeah just print it print it as is you know like it's 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 that insane it's that ridiculous and stupid and yet this is 
the person that is um, the president of the United States of America. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then we watched, uh, we, were, we were talking about this before we turned on the, uh, the recording thing, but then we, we had, uh, functionally, if you look at the, um, the demographics of the, um, of the election, of the primary elections, we have um, a bunch of old people on nominally the left, they're really like the middle right, um, picking uh, not an equally old and shitty dude, but a not especially less shitty dude. Like he yeah. is less shitty, but that's because that's not hard. Um, right. It's like the guy who breaks your mailbox and shits in your lawn is technically not as bad as the guy who shot your dog in the head. But right. that's a low bar. You right. you can you can shoot higher. Um, but they want no. They want Biden. They want to just they just want to you know trot out their weekend at Bernie's fucking corpse. And, he's dead. And. <laughs> And they want to just fucking trot him out and, you know, lose, lose the general and, and stay with Trump because the Democrats would rather have Trump than Bernie. And Trump is making them all a lot of money and they're never mm. going to admit that. But that's the fucking truth. That's what's really going on. They, yeah. Everyone knows Biden's not, Biden can't win against Trump. Biden's, Biden's not even alive. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, my theory is he is alive, but he's at little St. James Island. He's inherited... Um, <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's estate, oh, and please. as soon as the um, green stream mal malfunctions, we'll see in the background it's that creepy shrine thing he made. That temple, the temple. Yeah. Biden's in the He's temple. going to be in the temple right now. <gasps> exactly. Oh my God, we've got to get True and on on the phone. Got to call uh, Grace. <laughs> I I feel strongly that he might be on um the the Moreau Island, which I don't think has a proper name. I think it's deliberately an unnamed island in the novel. But I think he may be um being turned into a cat girl as we speak by Doctor Moreau. <laughs> Maybe you haven't heard of a single instance of a a cat girl or any really any other efot uh, from getting the coronavirus. So potentially they may be immune. Which means That's if true. our species transcends to become all uh, slutty cat girls, we may be able to get through this. <gasps> Look, that's that's a better future. I'm not. I'm not I gonna. I mean, if that's if that's the case, I'm already <laughs> immune. Slutty cat girl, check. <laughs> yeah, I've got my. I gotta get girl. on this. I've got. Uh, I'm saying Nyan for some reason instead of meow. I'm um, ordering dozens of leotards as we speak right I now. Have, I got them. I got a, I got cat suits. I got it all. I got there's yeah. I can talk to cats. You know, I'm a cat whisperer. <laughs> I dress up as Catwoman sometimes. Yeah, I'm already there. I'm immune. I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to destroy coronavirus. <laughs> Folks, oh my God. welcome to Death Sentence Death for this sentence. week. <laughs> hey, uh, we're on we're on the line uh, live from Detroit, Michigan. Home of Robocop. Uh, <laughs> Heather Fortune from Wax Idols, formerly of Wax Idols, uh, formerly of White Lung. Uh, boo. Boo. Well, Wait, I mean, what happened there? Uh, oh, let's get, let's go late, let's later. <laughs> later. Okay. Uh, I, I know what's happened, but um, yeah. once great band, um, very, very good band. I mean, let, let's admit yeah. it, they're very musically just. That's why I felt. That's why I had that immediate reaction. I was like, oh, "Sorry, yeah. it's one of my favorite punk albums of all time." What happened? But Kenny, Kenny, Kenny is like a genius, like an actual, like a musical genius. The guitarist, he writes yeah. all the music. 
Um, yeah, I, I saw them live yeah. once at um, maybe even you were there. Would you've been there at um, Sled Island in Calgary in like 2015? Mm, uh, no. When when what what part of the year was that? Uh, summer. It was like a summer festival no, in Calgary, nope. Canada. Okay. Nope, that's after um, I left. Yeah, uh, the the singer uh, was very very mean to the guitarist. Like yeah. He's like got many guitars on stage. He needs like time to tune up, and she was just like ripping into him. That sucks. Yeah. Really, well, you know, less said about that, the better, I think. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, not to reiterate uh, that whole thing. That whole. I didn't even know about that at all. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway. Go on, Gareth. Go on. Go on with my wrestling introduction. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah, in the blue corner, um, <laughs> yeah, have a fortune from now, just have a fortune, and formerly Wax Idols and uh, White Lung, a musician, writer, lady about town, that town would have been Brooklyn, that town is now, um, Brooklyn is now in the hot zone, and is one one infected. Room within brooklyn or one room within uh detroit now yeah yeah i'm now i'm now a lady about a bunker in, <laughs> um a lady about a bunker in a um an old like where manufacturing warehouse um just like south of corktown in detroit that's where i am right now um i only know detroit from the from the film eight mile so roughly where are you <laughs> relative to eight mile um not close okay uh eight mile is actually i don't even i don't even know it's been a long time since i've lived here so i'm kind of like defamiliarized with hey, how the come, landscape myself how come more detroit films don't have robocop in them there's got to be like that's got to be publicly owned by detroit right because i think they have a statue of robocop i think so um i don't know <laughs> they do, they do have a statue of RoboCop in Detroit. I uh yep, it's a life it? it's apparently a life-size RoboCop. Hmm. What? It's tight. Where yeah, is it's it? It's also um I'm I'm going to uh uh let me see where it is. Apparently um all the parts are fabricated. Uh da da da. da. It didn't just grow straight Stand up from outside the, the Michigan Science Center. Okay. Detroit, yeah, I've never, Robocop I've never was seen made it. by science. So that, that tracks. That Wait, track. this can't be life-size. Apparently it's 11 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Robocop I mean... wasn't 11 feet tall. Like, he was big, certainly, but that's, that's fucking huge. Like... Well, remember at the end of Robocop when that guy fell out the window and he has like, really long arms? Uh, like, maybe the scale of stuff was really weird in that film. Maybe yeah. like no, Robocop but was Robo huge and it was just in, far away. In <laughs> Robocop 3, he hangs out with a little girl all the time. And she's like, unless she's really far away or a fucking huge little girl. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, yeah, I'm nine. I'm six and a half feet tall. But that's just I have a thyroid thing. What? Detroit's a fucked up place. <laughs> that's true. You, you could get a thyroid thing from Detroit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Whew, I probably did when I was living downriver when I was a teenager. Uh, I probably did get a thyroid thing. And that's why my entire life has been, you know, insane. Um, my thyroid condition that I got from Detroit. Uh, but no, I, it's, <laughs> it is. 
it is a crazy place. Um, it's it's been changing a lot in the last decade since I left um, the Midwest. I was living in California for like twelve years until until this year, which, um, as it turns out, was the worst time in the history of the modern world to, aside from nine eleven, to uh, move to New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so. absolutely the worst time, and uh, yeah, I had to get the fuck out of there because it's about to go off there um, but anyway yeah it's Detroit is a wild place um, I love it it was kind of always my intention to move back one day when I had enough like resources and um, experience or whatever to like do something to reinvest in the city and like try and because it's my home you know it's like yeah um, I didn't quite expect that to be right now but that might be that might be what has to happen. I don't know. I'm just I'm just taking it day by day at the moment here in the bunker. I don't I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know if it's day or night. I don't even know how I got here. I barely remember. I've I heard a lot of people like uh like younger younger people are um like buying up old crappy houses and because they're like five grand to buy a house right now in some place in Detroit and just like doing them up real nice and like like kind of not gentrifying the neighborhood but like getting it back to being where it's livable yeah um yeah there's been a lot of that happening um but that's that's even changing like it's not really that cheap to buy the houses now anymore here um the people that are doing like from what i understand i just watched a documentary about detroit the other last week um or last year might as well then because time is just completely eradicated all sense of time is gone as far i don't know if you guys are experiencing that but for me like two weeks ago feels like it was like four years ago like i don't even know what was happening but anyway i digress i was watching a documentary on um that means tv you guys heard about this yet we have yeah um bryn uh, niebauer friend of the show um is heavily involved in that a lot of friends of the show are involved in right and that's and they're based out of detroit um so that's cool. If I end up having to like stay here, maybe I'll try and connect with them. But um, I watched a documentary on that on that uh, streaming service or whatever about about how what's going on in Detroit in the last few years and how they're trying to rehab it and like rebuild this whole sports center. And there's like this billionaire couple that like owns most of Detroit, I guess. That's like, and they're they've been like buying up all this land and they're trying to turn it into this like sporting like shopping condo like center to like save the city but like that's not how you save that's not how you that's not a a community focused way to rehabilitate a a city like Detroit at all um so there's a lot of pushback against that but uh yeah I don't know I mean like I said it's been a long time since I've really been spent a lot of time here so I'm just Mm. learning one of the probably obvious ways to kind of rehabilitate Detroit was to focus on law enforcement, probably get a, a police officer uh, who maybe died in line of duty, then fuse him with cybernetic technology to create a kind of half man, half machine, but all cop. Mm, and mm-hmm. um, he probably would, you know. Um, so there were Robocop jokes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. I'm going to immediately contradict Gareth. There is no way that's the last RoboCop joke. There is zero <laughs> chance. Okay. I'm sorry. But we've also got 8 Mile. Like, yeah, but, uh, and Detroit Rock City. Uh, 
I guess. Look, and kiss kind of all the fucking bands. No, kiss fucking whips. They're bad yeah, people. What no, oh like, no, they're. Did terrible you not people. see the very recent video of Paul Stanley being lit on fire on stage and continuing to play? <laughs> fucking sick. Just <laughs> fucking immensely did, rock and roll. You did you see it? <laughs> no, I'm finding this not. now. <laughs> you need to find Paul it. Paul Stanley on fire. Does on fire. Guy, holy yeah. shit, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He's not he moving. Recently. No. That's because he's full he of like... cocaine. He can't feel it. Oh, anything. wait, no. It was a Paul Stanley impersonator. Oh it, oh, it wasn't really Paul Stanley? No, apparently it was an impersonator. But yeah, he just casually is like, his hair is on fire, and he just reached over in the middle of the D- Detroit Rock City riff to just like hand wave over a stage hand to come over and just pat his hair out while he continued to riff. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Wait, That's so cool this was a Paul done. Stanley impersonator? It was a Paul Stanley impersonator. How? The internet is just so strange. I mean, the, pa- it the power just of like rock him, there's a massive crowd there. He's yeah. like lit on fire and then doesn't even flinch. So I figure it's something only an actual member of KISS could do. Apparently pretending to be a member of KISS is a lucrative line of work in, um, what is this, Sioux City, Iowa. Oh my god. It just keeps getting better. This is even funnier now than it was before. Holy shit. I'm gonna watch it again when I get off here. So good. You gotta watch it, Gareth. It's 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 amazing. You're gonna think twice about talking shit about KISS after you see this, bud. Shit about KISS. This is fake KISS. Not even real. Yeah, but no, KISS slaps. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No. Love gun rules. You're wrong. (laughs) Wrong. I'll I'll go to my grave. Um, spitting on Kiss. Admittedly, <laughs> go Robocop... out suicide bomb one of their concerts. <laughs> That's fair, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, they've they've delivered their best. It's not it's yeah. not going to go up from here. Um, <laughs> Robocop could absolutely take not only all the members of Kiss but also Marshall Mathers very easily. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I wish someone would take Marshall Mathers the fuck out at this point. I mean, my God, it's like he's just been yelling in my face for twenty years about like right? his mom being a crack whore and like his stupid bitch my baby mama and like how he and like the government or whatever. But he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's just so annoying. Like we get a lot of people who talk shit on like I don't know prog bands or like really like technical like metal bands. Being like, oh, you're all technique and no, where are the songs? But like who? Why aren't we saying that to fucking Eminem? Like, you're no, an immensely gifted rapper. Why the fuck like... can't you make a good song anymore? And even yeah. then, you look back and you're like, most of these don't hold up. No, yeah. They certainly don't. Most of them don't. Because he is whack. Because he's yep. like, he's a fucking dickhead. Like, he sucks. He's just like yelling all the time. And just he's just a one note a one note jockey or whatever. It's like, yeah, he's really talented as a writer and as and technically like as a as a vocalist, as a rapper, but like he <laughs> what his substance is like trash. Like yeah, I, mean, I mean like when um my name is came out, that was like a, a big thing because no one had heard rap like that anymore with like a, a beat that was mostly silence. Yeah, like weird rhymes. Um, his kind of weird nasal voice. It was un- it was like unlike anything like mainstream rap had ever heard. But then, totally. But then he just becomes mainstream rap. He just he, he was yeah, and he's just 
boring now. And it, so it was also unlike anything twelve year old me had ever heard. Oh, and same, yeah. I and I loved it. I loved it. I was like, this is great. Like I think I everyone in our age bracket had either the Slim Shady LP or the Marshall Mathers LP or both. Like oh yeah. Everyone. Like you you even if you didn't buy it, like someone would be like, here, here it is. And you're like, here what is? And they press the CD into your hand and you're like, I don't know what this is. And they're like, you own it now. Yeah. Yeah, I borrowed that from a friend for like a week. That's generally how I got most of my CDs when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Did you uh, you burn copies of them? Oh yeah, yes. I had yeah. Wallets full of CDRs, and uh -huh. then yeah. got gone to burning DVDs. Yeah, I, I was wild. That's Shit what I did too. I That's I was also up. poor, and I was also always stealing my borrowing my friend's CDs and burning copies of them. I used to take a. I used to take a a razor blade into like the local Fye because you could like pry open the um like the cases and slice open the uh the packaging for a cd and get the mm -hmm. uh like the um theft protection device out of it so you could steal them and i i stole so many like <laughs> different punk and death metal cds just so fucking many i'd go in there with my uh i was a jenko's boy i i i, I can admit that and so i had some big yeah, pockets that's yeah, a fucking that's enormous pocket and so as a result you got them big ass pockets and a big ass jacket. You're not walking out with one CD. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh got no! Twenty in there. Got twenty. <clears throat> uh, like, yeah, we should talk about music though, because uh, musicians are kind of fucked right now. Oh yeah, I think you agree. Um, Same as it ever was, but yeah, in a, a whole no, new way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not like like the '70s when you know, like any weirdos hanging around CBGBs would end up. Uh, recreating rock and roll, right? It's like it. It really sucks for musicians right now. Like worse yes. than it ever has. Yeah. And this um current thing is just icing on the cake, but yep. the cake is full of knives. Full of knives. Full and of it's spikes. A bomb. And it's, it's inexplicably like it's piss inside, and you're like and you cut yeah. into it. And it's just like hundreds you, of gallons of piss, and you're like, how you did you fit that? To get around. Cake? If you manage to cut around the knives and and like disarm the bomb and like get a little tiny piece of it and then put it in your mouth and then yeah it's pure cat urine, mm. like yeah. it's just it's just pure urine and then like, and then you're liquid, like oh at least not I'm, even and but then you're like <laughs> then you're like oh but at least there's I'm I have something to eat still or like drink right like oh that's still probably there's probably nutrients in cat piss still like sure and you talk yourself into liking it you're like yeah i could like it like yeah this is fine this is gonna be good and still somehow in some way and so then you then you eat it and you drink it and then you die hmm. and you know who's gonna discover that soon billy eilish <laughs> and um yeah who is one of the very few people who's allowed to to eat the cat piss of the music industry and yeah it's gonna destroy her really soon um, is, is something going on with Billie Eilish? <laughs> Am I just is this no, just a no, wrecking it's, ball it's, to anything that I find any amount of pleasure in right now? Oh no, no, it's just it's just you you know Billie Eilish is like is gonna get fucked up by the music industry. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. You know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna chew her up and spit her out. Yeah, in there's way, some pretty maybe, obvious maybe like Lana Del Rey. Very odd that. Yeah. But there's um, an yeah. amount of uh, like lines that get fed to Billie Eilish for her songs that feel like they're going to be putting her at an inordinate amount of risk that I can't 
really fathom how anyone thought it was ethical to be like, let's have a 16 and a 17 year old sing this into a microphone as it gets really, really big and just roll the dice. You know, we've never, we've never walked this road before. Nope. Yeah. I do worry about, about her. Uh, and yeah, the whole, the, the way that like, you know, they, that's the Spotify, this, the Spotification of the music industry holds her up as like the look, see, independent artists this is independence this and she became huge all through streaming like look look at what we've done for the independent artists and it's like she meanwhile was just like with her brother in LA who has been a musician his whole life and went through probably like the whole gamut of like trash and failure or whatever and she's just like a teenager who's like cool and talented and wants to like make music and she just gets like plucked as like the perfect the perfect pawn the like mascot for their like faux independent like this is the new diy owned and branded by us a massive corporation that like hates musicians and doesn't pay them (laughs) she just gets to be the like poster child of that and she has no fucking idea what she's gotten herself into because she's a child yeah there's probably some record executive in la somewhere with a his calendar marked with a big red X over her birth, 18th birthday because now he can sexualize her and sell more I think units. that already happened. I think she turned 18 like she did. Month, <clears throat> this month ago. Yeah. Oh, God. I didn't see the internet get all gross. Or, or maybe I just didn't notice. Yeah, but yeah you just did be a lot of gross. It, yeah. It, it happened. Um, yeah, I found happens. out that she turned 18 because of people being like, look at these scum fucks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, g- g- good. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. Drake. Drake is like all in her DMs and stuff. Well, not anymore. She's 18. 18. Oh, right. Why is Drake not going to get coronavirus? Cause uh, it, why? Because it's COVID-19. It's COVID-19. Because it's 19. Never mind. <laughs> but um it's, it's good it's dark but you yeah. know it's it's it's, it's true he he's got he's got a <laughs> i think yeah. i can call it a nasty habit and not have that count as libel he's a bad person that's i can <laughs> say that one that you, one's... you just have to say allegedly <laughs> oh yeah allegedly, allegedly yeah he should stop fucking texting teenagers or if he does he should have like a bunch of paparazzi around so that they see every keystroke right you're like, Allegedly. just have this on record. I'm just saying, happy birthday, have a nice day. And then I'm giving <laughs> my phone to my handler, and I'm not going to touch it. It's mm. like, hey, Drake, we got our eyes on you now, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's nothing that, um, you know, powerful men love more than, like, a teenage girl that they're just, like, waiting, waiting to exploit however possible. Yeah. It's, like their, it's like their absolute favorite thing to do. It's like mm. there's it's like it's like the way that I like love cheese is the way like powerful men like love the opportunity to exploit a teenage girl for profit or sex or both. Mm-hmm. It's like I love cheese. They love that. Like, you know, like I get it. Like, OK, that's that's your favorite thing ever. It's your favorite thing. And uh, it's always been like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Heather, as a as a professional in the music industry, what what can bands do right now to not get 
chewed up and spat out and de- completely destroyed by the music industry. Um, get out of the music industry mm-hmm. entirely. Like, and I don't mean stop making music. I mean, like, stop it, engaging and interacting with the industry that's been built around music that exploits music and therefore musicians and stop, stop playing by the rules that they've set. That's what I've done. Um, I can't say it's like, you know, going terribly well, but uh, at least I'm not getting rat fucked by, you know, corporations anymore mm-hmm. um, and stuff. I mean, I really just think everyone needs to just stop, like take all, take all of our music off of, fucking spotify and itunes and all this stuff like build there's people are already doing this like kind of like with means tv like worker owned streaming services worker owned platforms like just redoing the entire fucking gamut from the ground up and like because we have no other choice like we're in a we're in an end end stage not even late stage capitalism anymore this is end stage capitalism like the old dreams are dead like that shit's never gonna happened all the stuff we grew were fed growing up about like success and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work really hard and you'll be discovered and you're gonna make money and be able to buy your mama house and all doing the thing you love it's not gonna happen doesn't fucking happen anymore unless you become like a corporate stooge um and so there's really only two choices like become a corporate stooge and ergo not be an artist or be an artist grow some balls and stop fucking with the entire system. Like stop letting them exploit you. Like it's just, it just seems, I mean, I feel like I've been screaming about this stuff for years and everyone's just like, okay, Heather, whatever. And I'm like, you're all, you're all going to be fucked. You're all, (laughs) you're all going to get fucked. And then now they're, everyone's fucked and they're like, whoopsies, guess we should have seen this coming. And I'm like, God, (laughs) Yeah, but that's been like every band we've had on the show has said something bad about the industry. Yeah. Uh, to a lesser or greater degree. I mean, some of them, like, I'm not going to name any names, some of them are still in like good contracts and they're doing well and getting on the front covers of magazines and uh, are doing pretty good. But um, mm-hmm. when you hear that and when they're saying, like, yeah, our record label's re supporting us, you always kind of think in the back of your mind, I know For someone now. else who's on your label and they're suing them right now. Yep. And yeah. And they've had for the um, amount they don't own their own music, so they can't even put it on uh, Bandcamp to make money anymore. Exactly. We even had yeah, the amount and... of instances of like the mic will get turned off, will stop recording stuff, and someone will have sent a message, and then it will be the next umpteen minutes of like, here's the stuff that I like. I trust that you wouldn't have edited it in, but I don't even want the recording to be on. And then hearing a bunch of shit, where you're like, oh. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice to not have to be muzzled because you're afraid mm-hmm. of the people who are supposed to be, who are making money off of you and who are mm. supposed to be like supporting you? Um, you're, you weren't afraid of, you know, the retaliatory actions of like these banks that are AKA record labels or like the industry or whatever. Like, wouldn't it be great to not have to be muzzled by that? Yeah. It's called just fucking not doing it break the contracts, walk away, take back your fucking shit, let them take you to court if they want. It's going to cost them more money than anything else. Like, you know, most of these indie labels, I mean, I don't know. I, a lot of, I get a lot of pushback on this stuff because like people are like, what about indie labels? And then to me, that's like, what about landlords? 
Like, get a yeah. job. I mean, like, you're just your your job is making money off of musicians. Get a fucking job. Yeah, I mean, like all those like oh, but indie labels though, guys need to read that one uh, Steve Albini uh, essay. Um, the problem I think it was like problem in music industry or something like that. It was like it came out in like the eighties, and it's still a hundred percent true. He could probably rewrite it today to add in stuff about Spotify and how you're going to get like one penny per year. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it, indie labels have just been small bit major labels for for the last 50 years. Yep. There's, hasn't been, they just haven't made it to the big leagues yet where they can like, where get they can really get the big payoff. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they want. And it's like, it's not, it's not personal. It's like, it's not even like I think that all the people who run these indie labels are like, bad people you know who and who don't love music and who don't want to support artists and didn't start out with like great intent intentions i know many of them did and do you know and like but the only ones that actually kind of maintained like any sort of like punk ethos or like ethics whatever are the ones who just like never knew they were never going to make money off of it and were totally transparent with all their artists about everything every dollar every whatever and never fucked with their artists at all. And they just like continue to have other jobs and do other shit and like be enmeshed in their communities and like kind of do it more like worker own style. Like Hozak Records, the first record label that put out my Wax Idols. Like that guy, Todd is the fucking shit. You know, Hozak's never gonna, has never been a big record label. It's never gonna be. He never wanted it to be. He just wanted to help support, put out records like you know, total transparency. Like he never owned any of my stuff. I have, I own all the masters always giving me everything I want in terms of like, if I want to see reports, if I need more copies, if I want to repress something, he'll let, I'll let him license it again. You know, he's like, he's kind of a real deal, like punk dude who's never been, never tried to like, um, like actively exploit anyone or hide like money or numbers or whatever. And I can't say the same thing about, a lot of other indie labels that I'm like familiar with. Hmm. Um, and that's, it's not even because like, like I said, they're like bad people. It's because of the system that we're in, you know, everybody's like, it's capitalism. It's like dog eat dog, like gotta make a buck, like do what you do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Oh, I love music. So I'll just start a record label. And that's how that'll, that's how I'll make my money is off of like the work of these other people. And it seems all well and good, but the infrastructure of capitalism is inherently exploitative. And so then what you end up having is a bunch of music lovers exploiting the people that make the thing they love and like fucking their lives up. <laughs> and, and like, you know, it's like this terrible, this terrible Ouroboros, like, you know, snake eating its own tail scenario that it's just like, Ugh, it's drives it's been driving me insane my entire adult life it's like it's been screaming about this stuff forever and it's just people are finally now i think class consciousness is finally starting to like have a real presence here blah 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 but it's 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 bad it's bad and getting worse uh do you want to feel like really sick uh really sick yeah, just just like sick, really sick. Um, I would, I'd love to. Uh, there's a band from Los Angeles. Uh, they're called Electric Guest. Just, okay. Uh, 
and they have an article in that famous uh, indie rock magazine, Bin Business Insider, about how um, they toured, uh, they completed a tour of North America in a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. And this is a, oh, this is a article in Business Insider. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. And I'll, I'll put a little link to it in the Discord. It's a piece of sponsored content for Mercedes-Benz by the indie rock band Electric Guest, a billboard chart in Los Angeles-based band, uh, talking about how comfortable they were in the Mercedes Sprinter and um, how it's a very affordable way for them, a, a band, to tour across the United States. It's got pictures of like their water bottles in the mesh at the back of the seats. And um, yeah, it's got a little picture of them at the I think there's like two guys in the band and um yes they're just having a great time in the mercedes sprinter which combines versatility with uh the comfort of mercedes-benz uh automobiles um so maybe that's that's what bands can do they can just do sponsored content in business insider for car companies put it out there uh, <laughs> sorry i just threw up really quick so i had to like you, leave you've but, broken um, heather somewhat yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, are you are palms sweaty has, or knees weak? The thing is, it hasn't sweaty? broken me. Is what it has. It's triggered me because this is <laughs> this is stuff that's been happening. This is like not shocking to me. Like I'm not shocked by this. I'm like, oh yeah, just you know, just another normal fucking thing that bands are like basically forced to do if they want to make any money. And they're like teams. They're their managers, their agents, their whatever. Everyone tells them, "Yeah, this is how. This is what everyone does now. This is how we get the money. So that way, you can like make the T-shirts and play the shows that ten people are going to come to, or less in the days in the age of Corona. Um, and this is how you're going to end up on like a really, really cool like Spotify playlist. This is this is this is what you got to do. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. That's that's what everyone does now. And it just it's just become that it's been it's that's that is like the norm in the music industry and and even in the underground like who which historically resists that kind of stuff that kind of corporate inf infiltration or whatever there's even it's even reached the underground to the point where like you know underground artists will you know go play some like sponsored by you know, Pepsi fucking shit at, you know, South by Southwest or like whatever. And it's just so deeply integrated into like the entire industry. There's almost no way to avoid it unless you only play in your friend's basement or you do what I do and you quit. <laughs> there's, like, <laughs> there's like no other way around it. It's, it's I mean, like, we yeah. even we even run into this in uh, in like the music journalism and music criticism world of like weird, like handing in an article and then getting weird notes back of like, aren't you being a little harsh or, and you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, we're, I think, I think we're not going to run this one. Like, <laughs> what? And they're like, well, you see, uh, you know, what you're saying is fair, but it would make um, their PR person mad. And then that would mean that we'd get less access to this other stuff here. Um, and so mm. we're gonna, so can you, and like weird, stuff that relates to like how you get premieres for your site so that you can get like the traffic going. And it's like, well, we do that so that we can have, you know, the media more substantial articles that, you know, people actually give a shit about that. Like they'll remember reading 
in more than like three days. Um, mm -hmm. But then a lot of that doesn't always come down the pipeline because again, the, the telos of, uh, of capitalism is uh, perpetually promising and never delivering because right. it, like why, why ever actually give you that thing that on paper you believe that you're earning or striving towards like, Oh, all this makes sense. You know? And for a while you buy into it. You're like, I'm laying the groundwork now with some stuff that's a bit more busy work, but that'll let me do the, and they're like, Hey, how about you do some even more busy work? Cause then the payoff will be even bigger. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes it. And then at a certain point, you're a couple of years down the line and you're like, how many fucking times do I have to write about Slipknot? Like, fuck. Like, I, don't even, I even I even like them. They're fine. But Jesus fucking Christ. Like, Which car company did uh, Slipknot show for? It was like Hyundai or Toyota. It was a Japanese one. I think it was Toyota. Admittedly, they are getting that bag, though. But they're, they're one of the few that, like, they get the bag so that you can dangle that in front of all the other groups and be like, look, they did it. You're like, no, you manufactured that so that you'd always have bait on the hook. Like, yes, exactly. The system doesn't. The system doesn't work if you pay out to nobody. You have to pay out to enough people and make that payout super visible, so that yeah. no one can ever say it doesn't happen. Right. You know, it's like um, Mark Zuckerberg in his dorm room. If he can, it's like, if he can be a billionaire, then anyone can be a billionaire. Yep. It's like it's like a casino. You know, so every now and then they gotta let somebody win big cash out mm -hmm. so that way people keep coming in and chucking in the quarters like it's the same shit Ugh. <laughs> I, I, I lost my mind I'm, I'm when... ill I'm ill now Joe Biden has died now I've also died I, I, I love that um, one, one of the things that I really love about that Mercedes Benz thing is having, um, having a lot of friends who are like musicians or um, uh, deal with like labels or like, like the artists who make like album art they're all talking about like everyone owns that fucking Sprinter van. They're not like I don't get um, like I, I, there's the obvious bits of like everyone who tours unless you're very big, you're going to be dealing with a van. Um, that's uh -huh. like it's the vast majority of things. But then also hearing from them where it's like I don't even get this weird positioning of like, oh, the supreme luxury of of the Mercedes Sprinter van. They're like, I don't know. I went to Avis and I was like, I need a van. And they're like, here you go. And it's the. I, I thought that part was interesting because it, at least for me, it hit on another like um, subtler angle that like it's presenting this as like some weird luxury alternative in the midst of this weird puff piece about something that literally every band does. And it's like everything about this is super normal. Everything, <laughs> literally every component. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's also super normal about it is that it costs like um, to rent a sprinter for, let's say, in your average kind of three week tour um that's gonna cost about six thousand dollars just just throwing that number out there um so that's not including gas and having to do like regular oil changes and all that stuff so you're looking at like a, a solid i don't know seven eight g's on just the vehicle alone for a three-week tour if you're a band that is does makes like you know, say average five hundred dollars per show, which is which is high for most underground bands. Mostly, I like you know smaller bands, even ones that are like fairly popular. Say like even mild band Wax Idols. Um, some shows, you know, every now and then, like a New York show, maybe you could get a couple G's, but most of them, it's like you know five hundred bucks if you're if you're lucky. 
Um, if you add all that up for every show and sometimes it's way less than that, whatever, you pay off the van, you pay off the merch fees, you pay yourselves back for whatever money you spent on food and all this other shit. And then, oh, hotel, motel rooms, everything else. Um, yeah, you end up losing thousands of dollars on almost every single tour if you rent a vehicle like that. You can choose to rent instead like a minivan or even a 15 passenger van, which is less luxurious than the Mercedes Benz Sprinter or whatever. Um, it'll, you'll save maybe a couple G's on that. You might be able to break even. Um, but there is literally no way to make money on a tour at, in this, at, this, at this stage in the game unless you are like massive unless you're filling like thousand capacity rooms every night and you have like an absolute savage booking agent who is like leveraging their entire roster <laughs> against promoters every time they book for you they're like okay well if you don't give this band same like you were talking about with pr if you don't give my this band this this big guarantee i'm not gonna let you have this other even bigger band when they come through and so that's like it's like this whole leveraging game and that's the only way anyone turns a profit now as a touring artist or band and you have to have so many different things in place to get to to get that and then and then maybe you're like surviving maybe you're able to pay your rent your bills like you know if you're deaf heaven maybe you get to buy yourself a loft in downtown LA um but that's that's pretty much it like there's no other way to even remotely survive as a touring band right now it's been like this for it's been like this for a long time too it's been Mm. like this for a decade yeah it's been a kind of truism for music fans that oh you got to go see the bands you love when they come through town because they they make all their money off touring and yeah you should go and see musicians but yeah like you're saying that they're not even if they fill up every every stop in their tour which is very unlikely mm-hmm. uh, yeah they're still getting fucked because of gas for the mercedes sprinter and the and the sprinter and this yeah and not to mention what to to be when you're at to get to that level of like selling out every place or whatever and and you know having all that shit in place it's like uh the notorious big said mo money mo problems so it's like there's more money coming in. There's more people coming to your shows. There's a, you have a bigger audience, you know, whatever. What that requires is more staff. Your, your mm. manager has an assistant. Their assistant has an assistant. You have PR. The PR person has an assistant. You have a booking agent. You have, they have an assistant. You have, you know, the, your merch person selling the merch. You have the merch orders. They have to pay to get the merch made. You have to have all the shift, everything shipped. You have to have, you know, you're, you have a sound person. You have a lighting person. You have a fucking tour manager. You have a driver. You have like, all these people who are now like your employees technically right they're all working for you they're all making money they all have like a flat pre-negotiated fee that like everyone has a percentage or like a whatever and then after all of that is paid for then if there's anything left you get paid Mm -hmm. like we even we even hear this story from like um, obviously we hear this from a lot of different places, but one of the most recent ones that hit me like the hardest of like how, like how utterly fucked everything is, was hearing pretty much all the members of Mastodon talking about how 
them touring makes them personally lose money. Everyone around yeah. them makes money and a lot of money uh -huh. because Mastodon generates a lot of money. Like they can uh -huh. pick pretty much any festival they want and they'll be near the top of the bill. Sometimes they'll be at the very top. Sometimes they'll be like one of the mentioned headliners, but not like, you know, headlining a full stage, but big money, big, big money. And after nearly every album cycle, they apparently like almost throw in the towel because it's like, why are we fucking doing this? Like, yeah, looking at the bottom line of like, oh, here's the gross revenue that we as a band generated. And then here's how much just disappears. Yep. And it's like, oh, I'm skipping out watching, you know, being with my spouse, watching my family grow up, um, especially reading about some of the really like rough and horrid shit that has happened to them in their personal lives. It's like, oh, and then I come home with like, oh, I made 40 bucks. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that's for a band as huge as Mastodon, you know? So it's like even the even the bands who are that get get that big, like I'm saying, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like really what your what your success does is it allows everyone around you to make money. And um, then you feel responsible for that, too. That's another aspect of it. Like, you feel like you have to keep the, going because all these people are relying <clears throat> on you. You know, there's also the the unimaginable like fact that it was only within the past five years that fucking Metallica was able to get their masters. Like, yep. Literally one of the, I think they're the third highest grossing band in history. They might be the fourth. They're, they're like, in, like inordinately successful, like impossibly successful. And yeah, they're the, like private 747, <clears throat> like a, like a plane, not like the private jet, but like a plane that was the Metallica plane. Yeah. And like, even with their, and to be fair, even without those masters, they're immensely wealthy. But even with that immense wealth, it's like, uh, the 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 nightmare treadmill of capitalism where it's like no matter how high it's meant to play to your anxieties if i only climb higher then my problems will go away but if your problems ever actually fully go away you stop climbing and stop generating all that money for everyone around you so you have to keep you have to keep going yeah yep, it's the hamster wheel it's the hamster dance oh do you guys remember that the <clears throat> hamster website <clears throat> no i remember that hamster website <laughs> just on repeat forever that's the music industry you did an incredibly good impression of the hamster was, dance it was very good yeah that was fucking spot on maybe in a second career doing like a voice because you know where you can make money is uh children's youtube you get insane yeah. amounts of money so if you can do like cute uh, animal voices like that you could make real bank well you also oh, yeah. need nightmarish 3d animation oh yeah yeah just if you're like really bad at 3D animation and I'm also kind of like really uh, a really dark person, maybe got something going on, then you yeah. can make insane bank on YouTube. That's it like should the... look like lucid sleep paralysis and sound <laughs> like treacle and sugar. Mm, oh, yeah. yeah. I, that's definitely something in my wheelhouse. It's something <laughs> I could probably, I probably could, probably could do. I mean, I got all this time on my hands now that, you know, I'm living in a bunker. And we'll probably never have a normal social life again. <laughs> yeah, well, just write the next Baby Shark and you're set. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that's something that, like, my a cousin, one of my cousins is a, a, a freelance producer, composer person, like, and has been for a long time and, like, is extremely successful at it. 
and he does that shit. He does music for like Disney cartoons about like pirates and stuff like that. And he loves it. He makes so much money. And yeah, he, I mean that, but that's always been what he wants. He's like, he was never really trying to do like songwriting, like the band thing. He was always more of like a, a composer person. So he's been doing that forever. Um, and I've, I've dabbled, I've dabbled with, uh, the, I call it fake music, you know, like making where like music licensing libraries are like, we'll hire you. They'll be like, we, we want something that sounds like the B-52s, but we don't want to pay the B-52s. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm like, I get a call from someone who's like, hey, you want to get on this project with me for like, you know, a thousand dollars? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. Get down to the love shack. Yeah, um, that's, that's a whole other aspect <laughs> of things. It's like, that's, a, oh, that's another rabbit hole we could go down, but. I have made some money doing stuff like that. And it feels like being a double agent, you know, mm. I'm like, this is like, I'm in the inside the belly of the beast, you know, it's like, whoa, this is where all this there. People are shelling out mad money for like this crap. This like this fake, this like, <laughs> this, it's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. Oh my God. Capitalism is so fucking insane. <laughs> so is it possible to make I, I not to make like crazy like metallica and a heyday music but just like live an ordinary life where you have it like a, probably a day job and you can still like get together with your friends make music and not like have your ba- day job just all empty out into uh avis to rent a mercedes sprinter um is it possible yes it is um but I think the only way that it's possible to do all of that in a way that like is fulfilling is to um, like remove yourself, like to be like really strict about like the systems that you'll work within, like to like main own your masters, do as much as you can actually actual DIY, not like DIY, like we're DIY, like, yeah, we do things ourselves, but then like everybody does everything for you. Like actually like book your own tours, you know, like, don't don't hire PR. Uh, never 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 sign away the rights to your stuff. Um, always keep working, at, keep a day job or side hustles or whatever. Do other things, and then yeah, it is possible. I mean, I did it for ten years. I mean, it still like nearly killed me, but like I did it. Um, I own all of my master. Like no, I never signed my masters away. I never. I don't think I ever really compromised. Like anything i was pretty ruthless about this stuff the whole time and people hated me for it but i mean you know you were right <laughs> i was right yeah. I was you because you were right, right. <laughs> does it like come back on you to get like a, a reputation for being difficult because you're just like doing uh rational things that anyone in your position would do uh oh yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, it's lessened a lot in the last few years as more and more people realize that I was always right. But, um, but I mean, haven't seen me one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day, when I was kind of first started, the first couple, three, four years when I was doing Wax Idols and stuff, oh my God, yeah. I mean, I had everyone thought I was just like, you know, insane. I was just the, like the absolute worst to deal with because I was, you know, I was really fucking ruthless. Like some guy, the guy who used to own the cake shop 
tried to uh, stiff me out of a guarantee. This is one of the big things that went around. He tried to stiff me out of a guarantee uh, for a sold out show that we played at Cake Shop in New York that I booked. You know, I was the tour manager. I was the booking agent. He, I was the one who had spoken to him directly, you know, like he gave me a guarantee and then tried to like not fulfill the guarantee for no reason. It was sold out. The money was there. He had some, I can't remember. This was like in 2013 or something. It's, you know, a lot of long time ago, but um, I was, and he wasn't even there. He was like on the phone with like the door girl telling her like not to give me the whole guarantee for some reason. And I like took the phone from her and was, and was basically was like, look, motherfucker, get your ass down here and give me my fucking money. Like, I don't care if you have to rob your grandma's piggy bank. Like, you're going to give me my fucking money. Like, look up the word guaranteed. Do you know what it means? Like, you're going to give me my fucking money or I'm going to destroy this place. Like, that's the kind of shit I would do. <laughs> and so he, I, I, he, he, okay, I got the money, you know, but then I also went on Twitter and fucking blasted his ass. And I used to, I've been doing that stuff my entire career. Why? Because I'm not a fucking fake piece of shit and i'm not trying to let people get away with exploiting me or my friends and like yeah people people didn't like that you know but i don't regret it like that that was real shit also if i were a dude doing that stuff back in those days everyone would have loved it (laughs) but because i'm a woman it was like oh my god like i wasn't like mysterious and demure and like trying to be like some wispy mazzy star person or something so like nobody knew what the fuck to do with me um but what they did do was give me my motherfucking money <laughs> cool <laughs> oh. <laughs> king shit queen shit sorry but um yeah look king shit is a spirit yeah you're right yeah. It's not a gender <laughs> no i have big dick energy indeed like, for sure it's a Excellent. comment on the shape of one's heart. Not not the biggest of one's dick. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the bigness of one's dick. Um, mine's huge. Same. In my heart. <laughs> Moderate my, here. My my heart is huge. I got I got a big heart. <laughs> You're um, gonna die from that. That'll cause some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta stay inside. You're at high risk yeah. for the corona. You gotta have an enlarged heart. <laughs> um, you gotta stay inside, Gareth. I oh I, I will. Don't worry. I'm one thing I'm good at is staying inside all fucking day. Um Yeah. So what are you what are you gonna do? What's next for you? Like you you've decamped to Detroit. Um you could Maybe do some rap battles. I don't know. Just a bit boring here, <laughs> but um, here it's good for that. There. So, what what are you going to work on next? Because I've seen you you're putting out stuff on Bandcamp soon, like individual songs and singles and stuff, and you did a collaboration. And um, uh-huh. but um, yeah, what what are you going to do next? Um, well, hopefully survive uh the pandemic and all of the like ensuing. No, I mean, like realistically, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been, I've been, I'm actually, my main focus is, uh, I've been writing a book for like over a year now. I've been working on it. Well, books are um, kind of lame. So yeah. yeah, they are, but mine will be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just doing that. I really have no, I don't have a whole lot of desire. I'm starting to miss playing guitar. So I like, I cut my 
I grew my nails out really long when I was um, uh, protesting guitar after <laughs> uh, uh, last year. I just was like, I'm not playing any shows and I'm not going to play guitar. I'm protesting the guitar. <laughs> and so I grew my nails out really long. But that's not really like conducive to um, <clears throat> pandemic life. So I cut my nails off and I'm thinking I might start playing guitar again. So yeah, it's possible. I mean, I'm working on a, I got asked to do a collaborative record with someone. I can't like spill the beans yet, but um, I was supposed, that was something that was supposed to be happening like now, but now we're all on lockdown and we, him and I can't get together and do it. So we're going to try and do it Is remotely. It, uh, J from the Insane Clown Posse. Dude, Garrett. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's I'm under contract, guess. dude. You guys are gonna scrap that. You gotta cut that. You okay. Cut that out. Cut. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> my, lose my other Detroit all reference. 50, I'll lose all fifty dollars and my Fago sponsorship. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Fago's a out. good cola. Uh, put it out there. That's true. True. Um, but yeah. yeah, so there there are things that I'm supposed to be doing a collaborative record with this one artist. Um, somebody else asked me to write a song for their some stuff for their solo album. I will inevitably make music again i don't know if it'll be anytime this year i don't know um i don't know i'm just you know i'm pivoting to podcasting and writing a book that's really what i'm doing right now <laughs> is it a fiction book no it's non-fiction my life is there's no point in me writing fiction the shit's that's unbelievable fair. as is <laughs> <laughs> and your pot as well say again you're podcasting as well. You're, you're getting into you're going on the pods. Yeah, I've been going on some pods. Um, I feel like I feel like podcasting is inevitable for me to have my own. It's inevitable for everyone. Uh, soon, all people on the earth will just all become one on SoundCloud. Be that like the, would be kind of cool. <laughs> it'd be like the end of Akira, but you know, also <laughs> we'll be trying to sell mattresses. We can make ultra ambient music record and play every podcast in simultaneity whoa <laughs> that's the singularity that's what, what it's going to be it's just it will turn it'll turn into the brown note that is the sound of the universal hum <laughs> mm -hmm. everyone will poop at once i think it's called cosmic cappuccino <laughs> the thing i'm talking about is real there's like a uh, there's a color that the background radiation of the universe is supposed to be in it's called like Co cosmic latte that's what it is cosmic latte nice damn damn that is the yep. name of like of all the podcasters of the world at once blended together on soundcloud it's oh there's also a uh, latte the, the cappuccino cosmico is what i was thinking of that's where i got cosmic <laughs> cappuccino <That's... laughs> oh that uh... one's currently the one with the most number of votes for uh what I guess the scientists are doing a straw poll. <laughs> what? Uh, apparently, yeah, they're uh, they're doing a scientist straw poll to name the color of the background radiation of the universe. Uh, the only rule is that it cannot be beige. I wish I was making this up. <laughs> Wait, the, the only rule is, is that beige, it cannot be right? what? Beige. Oh, okay. It cannot be beige. It has to be some other some other level of brown they have to make it fancy oh yeah that is kind of and the uh 
why is there a green here too and why is that green the same green as the elizabeth warren green uh... <laughs> you mean liberty green oh oh it, it says due to flawed calculations the average color of the universe was originally thought to be turquoise and then it's liberty green so that was an incorrect guess at the color of the universe oh that, yeah, it's green. actually liberty green yeah well yeah. be sure to change your user photos after we got this call to reflect this discovery to a liberty green yeah we'll just call it cosmic latte now show your support for our our queen elizabeth warren <laughs> i definitely am no going to be getting i'm definitely going to be getting you know a, a a tattoo of the um the hashtag <laughs> for uh, or, or the hex code for the for the yes. color right yes. on my wrist so that i never forget because that's never a thing forget. that you never forget yeah yeah you're never gonna forget that and you know to to hell to hell with all these all these pc libs who might be offended by that you know like i'm celebrating my queen yes yeah. queen. yes queen yes queen you know the, the the aggressive the aggressive sarcasm that we're employing right now will be so confusing to anyone who is not extraordinarily online like they're gonna be like wait are they being serious like are they talking about like they yeah, we, actually, must, we must like, state that Elizabeth Warren is bad. She's uh, <laughs> she pretended to be Native American for many years, and um, is bad. And basically killed uh, the only chance of there being a relatively okay government in the United States, probably forever now. There will never be one again. Which is the last shot is just is been shot and it's gone. And it's most it's like sixty percent Elizabeth Warren's fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also watching and, the like very American, like ultra pathological bad, um, like cishet white feminism getting wrapped up again, like coiled around another figure in a way that feels like it chokes out any like real intersectional discourse. Like it's mm-hmm. it's insanely yep. infuriating. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I saw a writer I really admire um, earlier say something along the lines of like, oh, I wish Elizabeth Warren was here. I was like, no, don't. Uh, It is so so infuriating. The Warrenites, the Liz lads, they're the fucking worst. Like, I just can't deal with it at all. Like, it it sends me into, like, an immediate, like, my eyes, like, start, like, burning. You know, like, I start, like, like, shake convulsing and my eyes start, like, burning. And I'm, like, going to start, like, like, spitting blood. Or something whenever i see that kind of rhetoric it's like in a way i i understood i didn't agree at all but i understood the deep pathologizing around hillary clinton because that was a cultural pathology that like started in the very early 90s and had been baked into american culture for two decades and so it's like okay well i can't fault people for getting like we can't call the engines of cultural capital manipulative and then blame people who get manipulated by them. Like you right. should tr- strive not to, but that's what they're there for. But the thing with Elizabeth Warren, I didn't fucking get that part. I was like, what? Especially because yeah. all the critiques were very, um, they didn't feel acerbic for a very long time. They eventually became acerbic, but the, especially the initial ones were like, Hey, when people were raving about her in like 2010 up to 2016, here's what people were pinging off of. Here's what we're not seeing from her anymore. And here's how like, yeah, in four years, a lot of people cooled off on her, but that's because we found out a lot of shit. That's frankly really gross Hmm. that she's done a piss poor job of apologizing for. Like, it's not, 
it's not even impossible. Like people were even extending the amount of sympathy of like how many white people in America have been told you have Native American ancestry and in good faith believed it. Like it's a fuckload. It's a common cultural lie. Like it's right. super common. But right. as an adult, you're supposed to go, oh shit, there are you know, racist motivations for that kind of lie. I disavow it. We need to have some. And then just instead looking over and being like, hey, here's your opportunity. It's a pretty easy apology to make. It's a pretty easy way to show and extend some solidarity to an embattled. Oh, you're doubling down on it. Well, that's that's weird. That's um that's exactly not what you should be doing. But hey, we're gonna give you even a third shot to up uh, you're doubling down again. Okay, that's mm, mm -hmm. why well, you don't learn your lessons, do you? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, why are you still mad about it? It's like, I don't know, because maybe because almost every Native American's dead uh because of shit like this. I don't know. That tends to, you know, irk irk some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it, the the whole i call it warren derangement syndrome it's like mm. um you know they're like all of the like post hillary like you know women's march like pussy hat like people and then like the whole like liberal media like people and everyone they're just like scrambling after trump you know one um to like you know just i mean everyone lost their minds present company included everyone was like ah you know it was like this whole fucking oh yeah national meltdown psychological meltdown that occurred uh in those in that first like six months and and then it's just been like this kind of scrambling to like reformulate around and convalesce around like the the next hillary the 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 word the one we're, we're gonna get it right this time you know like now we're going to find like the woman, the, like the white feminist woman who we're going to get, we're going to all rally around and like the, that they just, it just became this like desperate need to like attach to that. Never, never mind the fact that we got, you know, Bernie Sanders over here who's been doing all the shit forever, who is above and beyond the best possible candidate we have ever had in our lifetime, the option of voting for like in every feasible progressive leftist way, even just even just like for for moderate Dems, he's still the best candidate. Like anyone with like a fucking basic moral compass or conscious or conscience, you know, sh should be able to look at the Bernie Sanders platform and his entire life's work and say, like, you know what? That's all actually good. But and no. it's like. Like even trying to express to people like there's a plenty of very good um, left criticisms of Sanders. There's, there's lots of them to be made and it's very fruitful to carry out those critiques because that's yeah. the self-critical faculty is what makes leftism good and, and, and growing. But then pivoting to people and having them respond as though like, hey, literally, literally every other country in the world has... Uh, universal health care and yes there's mechanical problems with that but there are mechanical problems with any system you don't throw the system out because of that you go this is the best framework let's fine-tune that and they're like mm. no that's crazy to me you're like how literally how is it crazy literally how literally every yeah. country has this and they're like look we may have the most money and do the most uh global exploitation so even if we didn't we have the best possibility of making something like this work like even way more than really small like ex-soviet bloc countries that are like um 
mineral poor, um, they're resource poor, they, they uh, import nearly everything. They have this. Yeah, but you know what? I think I'm going to say it's the Republicans' fault that we can't get it. It's like, well, yeah. maybe we could say that if you tried ever and they shot it down, but you never even try. And they're like, look, nope. you don't understand. It's good to never try because then it's never my fault. Yep. That 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 may as well be that may as well be it's good to never try because then it's never my fault. That's like the that's like the liberal Democrat, like the banner. That's mm. like their coat of arms. That's the coat of arms. Just maintain this like sheen of like status quo. We're the good guys. We're the ones who care. We're the ones who want all these things to happen. We're never going to make them happen. We're never going to actually listen to the left. We're never going to actually listen to our constituents. We're never going to actually listen to what people need. We're just going to entertain the notion that it's possible perhaps someday for things to be better so long as we're like in control, definitely not the Republicans. And we're just going to maintain that over and over and over again. Put a new put a new stooge in to maintain that same that same fucking like just it's 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 maddening. It's, I, it's, it's maddening. I, it's especially maddening that these that like the Warren lads and the if there are any actual Biden fans out there, I don't think they are. They're all dead, also. Yeah, they're, they've all died of Corona after voting for him last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but um, that was fucking unconscionable. Like we oh, have yeah, that that was insane. That. Like, but um, I yeah. I was apoplectic with. Yeah, but uh, they, like they seem to believe that they're the left. Like the Warren people, especially, seem to believe yeah. that that they were the most progressive uh, force in had ever been seen in American politics. And they were the ones who were going to carry out real, like the big structural changes that uh, to this, to the country, well, this country, your country. Yeah. Um, and they, they still believe it. And they, they seem to have like, they feel that like they've lost what well, like we've lost, which, which is like candidates like, um, Sanders and Corbyn, who could have actually done huge, massive things, and, and right now would be like everyone would be at home with their universal basic income checks in the mail. The army would be dropping off their care package of food from the grocery stores, and everyone would just sit back and wait for this uh, Corona thing to to all go away. It probably already gone away already, but yeah. Instead, we're going to get some like means tested thousand dollar check every 12 months if you've opened a business in a community and you're a pell grant uh recipient <laughs> i saw some fucking equivocating from people who are like nominally like oh you know i hate trump anyone but trump i'll literally vote blue even if it's like uh fucking hitler wearing a whatever you know th- those types of people who yeah are saying that a non-means tested um stimulus package is politically regressive because they're like, what, what do I need the money for? It really should only go to those that need it. And no matter how many times I tried to, to like vocalize, I'm a, like, I, I'm a writer, but like, like 99% of writers, I'm a working class person. I worked in a coffee shop. I managed a sandwich shop before I just got laid off due to contractions in my industry due to Corona. Like that's, If you throw on those means, those means testing, they never or they obviously opt out certain people, but those people get massive tax rebates and tax write offs due to our horrible shit, um, shit show of a tax code anyway. 
all that right. winds up happening is people actually in need don't like, oh, well, you're not, you know, like we get flippant language from certain leftists uh, deriding identity politics like entirely, but mm. it's more that it gets used in really gross, weird ways where it becomes like, well, you need to be like a queer woman of color who opened a small business in an urban center that has a high unemployment rating, and then you can get one third of the total amount of check. And it's like, okay, right. that sounds right. May okay, that's excluding a lot of people in need. But for those people, you know, I, I'm certain that and they're like, and of course, we're going to ignore all the other roadblocks that we're putting in place so that queer women of color can never actually open those businesses. So it's it's still functionally zero, but we get to look like we're good while still quietly keeping all those people that even nominally were helping completely incapable of accessing this help. And they're like, well, it's the principle, you know, it's like your principle is going to get people fucking evicted and killed. Yep. Like, and also I, what principles like, right. Are these the same people who are like, you know, I maybe would have changed my vote to Sanders if you people had been nice to me. If you would stop sending snake emojis at me on Twitter or whatever, like, oh, like, yes, yeah, so is it this principled group we're talking about? Yes, they're very principled. Right? Yeah. It's like, like the types what of people principles? who think that, like, they don't, they don't like material support of uh, oppressed communities. They, oh, they hate that. They hate actually, like, you know, actual extensions of real solidarity. They, they really love, though, these... Like, if you can have the Women's March and say Black Lives Matter were present, even though all local Black Lives Matter activists said that they actively were boycotting the Women's March because of how piss poor their actual ability to integrate uh, racial justice issues into their platforms were, you know, that's grand. Mm -hmm. That's grand. God forbid you actually do anything that actually helps someone. Like, right. It's like the number of people who consider their prop. It, it, not, not to knock unduly um things like marches or mass protests which can be powerful but the kinds of people who want to be seen shouting at figures of power but don't actually want to go like okay now you have neighbors that are queer folk that are women that are uh, racial minorities what are you doing to help the neighbors around you what things do they need how they're like no i don't want to do that part no because that's not easily transmittable i can't yeah. be the cool white savior if I'm if I'm actually just quietly helping people, yeah, you yep. have to go on uh, Reddit's picks thing with a clever sign if you're like organizing your neighborhood right now. <laughs> but, um, which is kind of what which is what which is what actual cloud. leftists are doing, and yeah. these and like the the Warren derangement syndrome havers are not leftists. They're not even progressives. They're just like they're just like signaling what they like think the world should be like that is most suited to like their particular circumstances and worldview and whatever. And it makes them feel like they can go to bed at night and be like, I'm a good person. And like, that's it. Like, that's all, that's all it is. There is no, there's no real analysis. There's no, there's no real intersection of any of these issues. Like there's no real action happening. There's, it's just, it's all just like this weird performative like charade it's like this it's so strange it's so strange and they are so i mean they're like getting holocaust tattoos to show their devotion to like this deranged notion that they have of being like actual progressive leftists it's like the left hates like no wonder we're not trying to talk to you and trying to get you to vote for bernie sanders they fucking hate you 
we know you're never you don't actually have principles anyway and mm. you tanked you tanked our our the actual movement the one actual leftist movement that was massive that everyone was in on that could have really fucking tipped the scales and and made a real impact on our country and politics and lives and the world you fucked that up you fucked that up with your virtue signaling bullshit and so fuck you and no we're not going to beg you for votes and you can like no it's like they just expect everyone to bow down to them and be like please please join our coalition no no one's going to do that no one's going to do that you should have been able to do that on your own it's called being an adult dumbass this is one of the few times where Britain has something better than America. Now, marginally. And also, it's insane that I'm saying that about literally anything about Britain. What a shit show of oh, a country. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely but, fucked. In, yeah, yeah. In literally any other parliamentary state, the notion of coalition building as literally, here's what's on the table. And if you don't pick it up, you're not going to get our votes. You're not going to get us banding with you. And that just is what it is. And that's how our that's how um political discussion works and you don't anticipate right. everyone to be in your camp but you anticipate like okay we're going to figure out quick firm bullet points of things that we must have and then things that we want we're going to bring that around to all the other little camps and figure out how to build the biggest possible tent that you present that within an american space and all of a sudden you're a traitor for having demands of any kind if you actually right. have something that you're like, this is an immutable thing. And if you do it, you get my vote. But if you don't, you don't get my vote. They're like, oh, doing that's basically voting for Trump. And it's like, holy right. shit, you don't know how politics works. This isn't a fucking game. <laughs> like, this is yep. 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 Exactly. Like the, all the, all the like never Trump, anyone but Trump, like vote blue, no matter who people, a lot of them are like my grandparents, et cetera. They're so mad about this just they're scream till they're blue in the face they can't comp they, they, they do not understand how politics works it's like no like i'm not going to vote for somebody who does not represent any of the things that are important to me on a political spectrum and that's i you know what i did that i did that once i did that once in 2016 it was her name was hillary clinton and i have to live with that yep. for the rest of my fucking life and i'm not doing it again so it's like, but you can't, you can't, it's like arguing with a brick wall with people who are like that. They're just like so deranged and delusional. And they've been like, you know, they just, they just have been sat in front of the TV for so long. Their brains are rotted. As Dasha would say, they have worms for yeah. brains. And like, that's and also, it. Like, I can't respect the fucking gutslessness of a lot of them that they can't even, like, it would be one thing if they straight up, I, I have an amount of respect, even though I like deeply disagree with people who are like, I think Bernie's plants are bad. I don't like because I'm like, OK, you're not bullshitting me. I know what to work with here. We'll know immediately where we can agree with each other and where we can't. And there won't be any like weird mind games around like you want to look one way, but you're going to act another in order. None of that bullshit. It's just like I'm a shitty person. I'm like, OK, fine. Fuck off. We're done. Um. But the amount of people who are like, oh, well, I like his plans, but they just never pass. Or or the equally weird thing, like, I don't think he's very electable. And it's the weird thing to throw back at, like, that Warren fans would bring up. Like, they're electable if you vote for them. 
which becomes the test mm -hmm. of like, he's not electable because you don't like him. Just fucking say that. Like, just fucking say that so that way we can we can move past this or like we can at least know where things are instead of like, well, you know, I love a lot of his ideas. I just actually don't love them. Like, because if I love them, I would vote for them, but I'm not voting for them because like, I, I, I just think that they're bad. They would take money from me. Yeah. Like, it, it would be a completely different kind of conversation if there was any amount of political transparency over, like, I'm ideologically opposed to X, Y, or Z. But it's this presumption of, like, no, I'm a progressive. Isn't that the hip new thing that all the kids are about? Progressive? Yeah, that's me. I love all this kind of stuff. I just will pathologically always vote against it whenever I'm given the opportunity. And even when I can't <laughs> vote against it, I'll fucking complain about it. And it's like, yep. just... Like, it's... It's uh, uh, it's a sign that we live in a nightmare shit show world that it wasn't um, it wasn't Klobuchar or uh, Buttigieg who who also suck shit, but would at least firmly say, I think Bernie is wrong on X, Y and Z spot. It's like, OK, they're not lying to me. They're shitty in completely different ways. Like they're they're not they're or they're also lying about different things. But instead right. we get Biden who you can't get a consistent statement from him about like, like what are the Biden platforms? There is, there isn't one. Also, where is Biden? Where's Joe? He's exactly. Hashtag where's Joe Biden? He's, he's hiding Biden. And people keep throwing out like the equivalent of like, well, Elizabeth Warren doesn't know you anything. It's like, well, yes, she fucking does. She's an elected official uh, a, representing a, the public. Oh my God. That's exactly. what the fucking job is. Exactly. Like exactly. Oh my God. I tweeted something uh, when all that was happening. I was just about like how like celebrities do not owe you anything, you know, like celebrities owe us nothing. Politicians owe us everything. But we somewhere along the way got the two mixed up and we treat politicians like they're celebrities that we and and celebrities like they're politicians or whatever. And now that's how we got fucking Donald Trump, the goddamn president. And we got all these Warrenites out here being like, she doesn't know you anything. Like, bitch, she's an elected public official. She has her yes, she does. And it's like, I don't think it's much to ask that if you're the presumed front runner, and at this point, unless something fucking crazy happens, like he's dead, folks. Um, Biden's, he's dead. <laughs> gonna be the nominee. Not, he's dead. Uh, he's dead. But uh, he died. Uh, rip. Um, but it's not much to ask that you at least to be present in the very stressful conversations about coronavirus and how it's affecting fucking everyone's lives, especially when your fucking primary competitor is not only present, but has raised $2 million and has been giving right. near daily uh, updates on things that it's like. It, I mean, it, Bernie Sanders is, as far as I'm concerned, he like is the president right now. Like he, who else is doing anything other than him, yeah. Elon, AOC, you know, like Rashid Tlaib, like that's like, that's like, who else is actually like, that's it. Like who the fuck else is doing anything? Mm. It's such a fucking nightmare shit show. I like, I can't, it, it would be, it'd be easy to say that I don't understand what people see in Biden, but it's. Um, what doom metal has taught us is that we often do understand, but we don't want to admit it because it's fucking horrible. Um, and it's that they don't want those things on some level. If they wanted them, 
they would be present and energized by those things on some level they don't give a shit like like the the mind virus of capitalism of like um ultimate uh alienation first you know first from the fruits of your labor and then second from your community has fully infected them and it's just like oh of course biden's in a bunker he's scared i'm scared and it's like he wants to be the fucking president like you can't you you can't be the fucking president and be absent during a crisis that's literally what the fucking job is did he did the president did the acting president in the film the great film known as independence day did he go into a fucking bunker when the aliens had to get shot down no you know what he did he was a he got a fucking plane he got in a fucking plane got in a fucking jet he went out there he blasted some fucking bombs at those motherfucking aliens he did not go into a goddamn bunker you want a fucking bunker joe or do you want fucking pilot bernie i want pilot bernie you know like (laughs) what the fuck people are it's just it's just crazy and yes, I did watch Independence Day very recently. It's a very shows. sick film. It's it, great. It's sequel, I went nuts not so great. Did you what? know? Yeah, it had a what? sequel. Oh, the sequel. Oh, I never saw it. No, but Jeff Terrible. Goldblum. Oh my god! In that Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith side by side, incredible. It like. Uh, did you know that uh, when they put out action figures for that, every action figure came with a uh, a floppy disk for an A drive that had a little computer game where you were hacking the uh, the mothership. What? That's so yeah. Cool. That That's shit was so fucking cool. baller. Especially because it was like it was hidden in the packaging, so I had no idea it was there. I just like took out the like crazy like alien thing that you could you could open up the head of the alien and put a little like clear action figure that was like the inside alien inside their heads you know because they were like big like biomech things right right it was like oh you fully open the pack and it's like oh here's a floppy drive free video game based on an independence thing like fuck like you had to decode the alien language because it was all written in their alien script whoa fucking tight shit was baller that is so sick i never knew that existed i wonder if you could still find it on ebay i'm sure and I think when, when did I our remember, culture lost its way? When did we stop producing things that are really cool and sick? And start, I mean, we like, did make Mandy. That's true. I haven't seen that, that yet. That film's <gasps> crazy baller. That film's Garrett, fucking crazy baller. You gotta watch Mandy. I, I know. I it's it's like when something is so obviously made for me that I kind of resent it. It's because yeah. I hate myself. I think it is. Yes, I, I understand that. I understand you know, that. Yeah. But you need, to, you must, you must watch Mandy. It is the okay. role that Nicolas Cage was put on this sick earth to play. Absolutely. It is, it is, and it is visually like the most incredible, like it's so beautiful and insane. And it's also so sick. It's crazy death metal. It is yeah. so fucking oh, death metal. So I, know, that's, death I think metal. what I resent about it. No. no, but but what, no. Just, you want to watch it? Okay, <laughs> fine. Jeez. Okay. Fine. Okay. The greatest Roland Emmerich film, though, not Independence Day. That one's really great. No, it's Ten Thousand BC. That's the best one. It's oh, I've not seen that. Uh, so that? a caveman, uh, like a Neanderthal caveman, uh, in Europe, has his girlfriend stolen from him by Vikings who take her to ancient Egypt. So he has to get to ancient Egypt by going through, that's right, the Sahara, um, where he meets (laughs) African tribesmen 
And then he has to get his girlfriend back. Now she was stolen to be part of a group of slaves building the pyramids with woolly mammoths because the rulers of ancient Egypt are the Anunnaki and the pyramids are spaceships that are going to take them home. <gasps> that rules. It, it's fucking that. insane. At the end, he teams up with a bunch of Vikings and African tribesmen and Egyptian slaves and Neanderthals to kill Anunnaki uh, to get his girlfriend back. Holy shit. People, it has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes because no one knows Naturally. how to feel joy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be watching this uh, during my yeah. quarantine, so thank you for the tip. Absolutely. I that shit that is shit. fucking um, baller. I, I do have to go, though, because I have to prepare oh, yeah. for a book, a book club meeting. I have a digital book club meeting at 8 p.m. my time. Oh, yes. And, that well, sounds we, very we wholesome. Were, we were going to uh, finish the episode with a bit of your music. And I okay. mean, there's, there's an obvious choice here, I feel. Um, for our times when the world has, has fallen apart and we're, we're falling apart ourselves, and really the only response is to take up your can of monster energy drink get really sick and twisted and become jokerfied 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 baby yeah we are demanding ubi we are demanding full jokerfication of the economy and um this is probably the only song uh written about uh the alan moore comic the killing joke so that was a really obvious choice for me uh yeah so, so yeah this is uh have a fortune solo playing the joker live and uh, come back next week. We got a whole shit ton of stuff. Um, things will be even worse. We'll be even angry about it. We'll reference even str- crazier movies, movies you've never even heard of. Um, just absolute garbage movies we'll talk about while also talking about how we're all going to die. It's, g- <laughs> it's going to be great, folks. Um, uh... We'll actually be talking to uh, Wendy Liu, author of uh, Abolish Silicon Valley. Um, Sick. A really good book. And uh-huh. uh, we'll be talking to uh, Shannon Stucci about web comics and probably also about, you know, the virus that's going to kill us all. Uh, but mm. yeah, here here on the line with us is Have a Fortune. And here, musically, playing the Joker live is Have a Fortune. 